Hey, what's going on, everybody? Long time no see. It's your buddy, John Ayres, and we are back after a five or six-week hiatus from doing the podcast. And uh, some of you may have been wondering where I've been. I did notice I lost one subscriber on YouTube. Sorry. Um, but yeah, it's been four or five, six weeks since I've released a podcast. And um, as you can probably guess... If you had a few guesses of why I haven't been doing it, it really all comes down to the pandemic. Um, I don't think it really matters where in the United States or even in the world that you live right now. Everybody on some level is going through hell. Uh, Granted, I think it's easier for some of the top name comics I follow who live in 50,000 square foot houses in L.A. and they have like 10 freezers with a year's worth of food. Everything gets delivered to them, whether it's their groceries. I'm sure they have 15 bottles of sanitizer in every one of their houses. So some people with a lot of money and a lot of fame and all that kind of stuff, I think are having a lot easier time than some of us. A lot of us are out of jobs. A lot of us can't find supplies. Um, So that's what I've been dealing with. Um, As soon as this epidemic hit, and it has hit, Massachusetts, where I'm from, hard. I believe we are the third hardest hit state right now in the United States uh, behind New York and Kentucky, maybe, or maybe I'm wrong about that, but New York uh, City and New York State here in the states um, hardest hit by the virus, and Massachusetts, where I live, is number three. Um, So It's just been surreal to me. Um, I was born in 1978, and growing up, there were a lot of movies that my generation grew up on depicting what a pre- or post-apocalyptic or pandemic uh, world might look like. And it's crazy because now that we're living it, I haven't seen it since I saw it in movies like Outbreak or Contagion with Matt Damon. Um, You know, uh, a lot of the viral zombie movies, except people with COVID don't act like viruses or act like zombies, rather. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I literally uh, came home from the grocery store about an hour ago and... I can't get over just how nuts it is. They only allow so many people in the store at once. Everybody has to have mask and a glove. You have to keep your distance uh, six feet between people. Uh, There's police officers stationed inside the stores and outside the stores. Um, Each aisle goes one way. Um, and even if you're going down the same way, uh, down the same aisle as somebody in the same direction, if they're ahead of you and taking their sweet time, you can't just pass them. But of course, just like anything, uh, the majority of people, I think, in this country and around the world um, are keeping their opinions about the virus to themselves and letting the experts and the government tell us what to do. There's a lot of different opinions out there. Should we open? Should we not open? What are we doing? What should we do? And that's way above my pay grade. And I think it's above most of our pay grades. I don't want to be part of the problem. I don't want to buck the system. I want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And just going out today, uh, you have a handful of people, no matter probably what city or what 
state you live in. I'm sure uh, whether you're from California or Florida, there are some measures that have been put into place in stores like there is in Massachusetts where, you know, there's only so many people that can go into a store at a time. All the aisles are one way. You have to have gloves. You have to have facial protection. Um, but yet every time I go out and every time other people go out, I hear that there's always a handful of people in every store that aren't wearing gloves. They're not wearing masks. They're going the wrong way down the aisle. They're not keeping six feet of separation. Um, in people, I don't know if you're one of those people that goes the wrong way down an aisle or just ignores the government's uh, recommendations for masks and, and gloves. It's people like these people that want to buck the system, no matter what system we're talking about, that's going to make this lockdown um, last a lot longer than a lot of us want to. And uh, my heart really goes out to people. I mean, I'm struggling big time in multitude of ways. I was holding down two jobs plus a new comedy career. Comedy career has been out the window for everybody. There's been no stand-up. Um, uh, two of the jobs I had, I lost one of them. So now I'm down to one job. I can't collect unemployment. Still waiting on a stimulus check. Uh, bills are racking up. Um, even leaving the house now is, uh, you know, extremely um, anxious-filled for me. Not because I'm scared to die or even get the virus, but uh, I have one parent left. I lost my mother four months ago to cancer, and I'm still fucked up over that. And I have a 75-year-old father left at home, and uh, you know he's not in the best of health. So the last thing me or anybody in my family wants to do is get my father sick. So he is not allowed to leave the house. The only time he does leave the house is to go to the cemetery where my mother's buried. Uh, which is fine because there's nobody around him, um, but he does wear a mask. But uh, yeah, like I said, my concern isn't for my own safety. I'm following these rules to keep um, my father from getting sick and uh, possibly worse. And, um, you know, that's the whole point. We're just... We're not just wearing masks or anything over our face to protect uh, ourselves. It's mostly so... In case you have it, you don't spread it to somebody else. There's a lot of people that have had COVID or have it right now that don't even have any symptoms. So um, these masks and facial coverings and all these other things that we've put into place for social distancing, it's not just to keep you from getting sick. It's more importantly you from spreading um, possible COVID because you have it and you don't know you have it. But uh, I tell you, here in Massachusetts, we're hard hit. Um, I found toilet paper two weeks ago. And in the two weeks I've been back to the store since, it's back out. Uh, all the regular supplies, like you would think of, have never come back in stock. Sanitizer has never come back in stock. Any cleaning product that kills bacteria or viruses has never come back in stock. I can't even find it online. Um... And even uh, one thing I've never had problem finding up until three weeks ago, and I still can't find it, is hand soap and even bar soap. Um, even some body washes are hard to find. Um, so thankfully, like three weeks ago, when I did see two bottles of uh, like Dial Gold, uh, you know, just regular pump uh, soap, I grabbed it. And hopefully those can last me a while. So, you know, it's crazy. I never understood why the whole toilet paper thing happened. And uh, 
it started to look like people weren't hoarding anymore and the people that needed toilet paper were starting to be able to get it but that's kind of gone back down now the toilet paper is missing off the shelves again uh again you can't find sanitizers uh, you can't find soap so you know it's 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 really crazy to me you know gone are the days where if i needed to, you know to do groceries i would literally just walk out of the house like this nothing on my hands nothing on my face i would grab my reusable burlap sacks with a grocery list and just run down there now when you're going to the grocery store it's it's like literally i compare it to preparing to climb everest there are so many steps that need to happen before you leave the house there's so many steps that need to happen to put on gear before you head into the store there's so many more steps um, when you leave the store and then you bring those groceries into your house to make sure that, you know, COVID isn't on the side of your box of Frosted Flakes. You know, it's nuts. And then uh, everything I wear when I go out to a store immediately comes off and goes into the washer. Um, you know, uh, I only have access to two masks and uh, these aren't washable masks. So, um, you know, it, 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 it's crazy, but I'm doing what I can and I'm sure everyone else is. But uh, from a mental state of mind, not being able to leave the house, not being able to see my friends, not being able to see my father or my family, except through FaceTime or Zoom meetings, it's tough. Um, I really miss that human connection. Uh, I think it's literally been like six weeks since I even like had a hug from another human being. So... It's nuts. I think there's so many different aspects of the COVID pandemic that we haven't even seen pan out yet. It's not just the virus that's causing people to get sick and die and panic and be stuck inside. Uh, it's now affecting mental health. There's, I don't know how many millions of people are out of work. People are losing everything they've had. The suicide rates are going up. Domestic dispute calls for police have gone through the roof. And that's the most dangerous calls that police go out on. Um, I saw there was a surge about a month ago, and there still is, on guns and ammunition. What are people getting guns and ammunition for? I don't think it's going to go that far to where we're fighting each other in the streets with guns over supplies. But uh, it is crazy. It's crazy. And I'm literally trying to take it uh, a day at a time and be part of the problem or be part of the solution and not the problem. Whatever the government or my local government or Trump, as much as I hate him, tells me to do, I'm going to do it. Um, I want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. So I think everyone is suffering, whether it be mentally, financially, uh, or all of the above. It's It's tough. I feel like I'm literally in Bill Murray's Groundhog Day. Every day for me is the same. Wake up, pace around the house, sit down, watch 15 minutes of TV, get back up, pace around the house, sit down. Uh, so it's been crazy. So that's where I've been. Um, I've been really busy trying to keep my family and myself and my sanity safe during the COVID lockdown. And that's why there's been no podcast. On top of that... I'm sure the last thing that any of my fans or listeners want to talk about at this point is COVID. You know, even if you don't watch the news and you don't tune into social media, there's no way to escape COVID talk. We're all living it on a daily basis. So I didn't want to 
do a podcast in the last four, five, six weeks, however long it's been, just bringing you nothing but bad news from my end and just rehashing the same shit that I'm sure you're going through. You know, when I go to YouTube 150 times a day, if I see a video that has to do with COVID, I don't want to watch it. I'm living it. It's it's impossible to escape. So I really didn't want to come on this podcast and be negative and be like, oh, woe is me. Look at me. My life sucks. Everyone's, uh, I think, eating a dick sandwich right now. So that, that's where I've been, man. Um, so anyways, uh, one thing I guess I've learned uh, throughout this lockdown, um, I live by myself. Um, I was dating a lady. Uh, before this lockdown happened and since it's happened uh, because we don't live together uh, and everything we haven't been seeing each other um, I me and my family have been steering completely clear of my father because if he gets sick there's a high likelihood that he could have complications and possibly pass and that is not something I'm looking to do to my father especially after having to bury my mother uh, four months ago um, so yeah, uh, we don't let my father leave the house or anybody elderly that we know. We do shopping for them and then leave the groceries in the garage and say hello from 20 feet away. Um, and then he meticulously wipes down his groceries. So um, so yeah, uh, my, my, my brain, instead of being focused on comedy because I can't go do comedy because there's no clubs open to do comedy, uh, my focus has been my mental health and my family and trying to stay as strong as I can for my family, for my father, and um, just trying to be as positive as I can. But uh, I'll be the first to admit that there are days here where I literally pace the house day and night. And like I said, I've had no human contact from touching in like six weeks. Uh, everything I do is through FaceTime or, or through Zoom or through text or social media. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. I'm definitely craving um, some womanly human contact, that's for sure. But um, like I said, uh, it's it's really surreal to me to be living in this kind of world after seeing it depicted in so many movies growing up in my youth. And um, I've learned through these five or six weeks of lockdown to really enjoy little things. Little things that I never used to uh, think about or get excited about. Uh, literally makes my day. Um, I think it was about six weeks ago around here that toilet paper just disappeared. Couldn't find it online, couldn't find it anywhere. And then um, I want to say about two weeks ago, I posted it on Instagram and my Facebook and I think even Twitter. Two weeks ago, out of the clear blue, I walked into a uh, grocery store and there was a couple uh, packages of uh, a 12 pack of toilet paper. So after four or five weeks of heartache and searching and stressing out about, you know, if I'm going to wipe my ass with leaves or an old t-shirt, I found a glorious 12-pack of toilet paper sitting on the shelf with my name on it. And uh, I literally came home elated, like I had just won the lottery because I found fucking toilet paper. And that's what you got to do, man. Now that we're living in this new normal that's so screwed up, you literally have to enjoy the little things. So when I run out and find toilet paper, when I was getting close to having to uh, not wipe at all, that was thrilling. It literally made my day. Um, uh, even showering. I mean, with me living completely alone and the fact that I work from home, um, 
in the fact that I can't have anybody over or I can't go to anyone's house. Um, there's really no reason for me to shower, you know? I mean, I like showering every day, but because literally there's nobody coming into my house, I don't have to go anywhere. I work literally where I sit on my laptop. Um, so yeah, uh, before this lockdown, there might have been a day or two where I would skip a shower if I didn't have to leave the house for a few days. Why not? You know? But uh, anyways, ever since this lockdown happened... I've literally been showering like once or twice a day just because it makes me feel better. It makes me feel like I accomplished something. Um, last week, I shaved my head with a Bic. Um, as you can see, I have a receding hairline. Uh, it sucks. It's not something I've been taking lightly, but I finally gave in to what I consider my inner Bill Burr. And um, I decided rather than using my clippers on the lowest setting, I was just going to bick it. So I watched like a four minute long YouTube video on what the easiest and best way was to actually straight razor or whatever you call it, your head. And I did it. And every day when I shower, while I'm in the shower, I just re-go over it. And I love the look of it. I love the feel of it. And um, literally because there's nothing else to do. And um, I think idle time is like uh, like the devil's playground, right? I literally take, not pride, but just like I look forward to, you know, doing something with my time every day. And because there's nothing to do other than, uh, you know, watch YouTube, watch TV, or what I've been doing a lot lately, actually, has been writing music. I have been writing music uh, like crazy. Um, I have enough songs right now to complete probably four albums. I think I've written something like 28 or 29 songs in the last month alone. Um, no vocals, because I can't sing, and I have never been able to find a good singer. Well, I found one good singer, but she lives uh, you know, about five hours away from me. Um, but yeah, I've been writing a lot of music. Writing a lot of music, editing a lot of video, not releasing it to YouTube for some reason. Um, but yeah, um, as you can probably tell, this is our first official podcast that is uh, being videoed for YouTube. The audio will get separated and will go out to, uh, you know, places like Twitch and uh, SoundCloud and iTunes and Twitcher and um, uh, Spotify, while the video portion of this will go up on my Patreon and YouTube. So this is how we're going to do it from now on. Eventually, I might get another um, camera so we can pan to different cameras while we're doing this. Um, my microphone that I normally use for the podcast is right here, but I decided we're not going to do the audio through the computer today. I'm just talking right into my uh, iPhone 11 here. And I went out uh, to Amazon a few weeks ago and ordered this uh, tripod slash selfie stick, which is what's holding my camera up in front of my face. And I'm just wearing the headphones so the audio uh, remains pretty smooth right here through the uh, microphone. So yeah, um, what else? I uh, So yeah, you got to enjoy the little things. Like finding toilet paper the other week was incredible. Showering every day uh, has become incredible. Shaving my head every day has become incredible. It is amazing to me. Like I got out of the shower like 
I don't know, half an hour ago. So I literally just shave this again, but I shave it every day. But it's it's crazy how it feels. It's crazy, but I love it. I've gotten more compliments on this um, since I did it last week than I've ever gotten on any haircut I've had in my life. So I'm happy I did it. I'm happy I finally gave into my uh, balding. Uh, let's see what else. What else? What else? What else? What else? What else? I got some stuff written down here. Oh yeah, have you seen how cheap gas is? I haven't, but I'm hearing that gas uh, in a lot of places is almost down to a dollar. Um, because I work from home and uh, there's really nowhere to go, we're on lockdown. I, I have hardly been putting any gas in my car. Uh, I think the last time I got gas with a discount I had from a grocery store, I think I paid like a buck ninety, buck eighty. But I think now just regular 87 octane is uh, around here like a dollar thirty, dollar forty. It's nuts. And I heard some places, it, some places in the country, it's down to a dollar. And the last time I saw gas at a dollar, I was in high school, and this was 95 or 96 was the last time I saw gas at a dollar. And uh, why is gas so cheap? Well, think about it. There's not a lot of people on the road. And even more important than a lack of cars on the road is look how many jets and commercial airliners aren't, aren't flying. Um, do you guys know how much gas, like a Boeing 737 eats to go from like Boston to like Tampa? It's like 19,000 pounds of gas just for that one flight. And think about the millions or hundreds of thousands of flights that occur so a barrel of oil is just super cheap because it's not being used but how much you want to bet that the second we go back to being reopened around the world gas will shoot right back up to four dollars um, even though it shouldn't because i i think we have such a supply of oil uh right now that even when the world does reopen they should definitely keep passing along those savings to us. But I got a feeling that gas is going to go right back up to $4 plus once this lockdown ends. I also have a feeling that um, this lockdown and the economy and the virus and the pandemic and everything this country's facing is going to somehow be tied into the 2020 United States presidential election. How much you want to bet a couple of months before the November fourth voting uh there's going to be some major great changes in america that's going to make you say wow trump you're great or wow biden you've really lost your mind i don't know how it's going to go but you've seen it before um so many of these politicians and presidents use tragedies like this to gain support or vice versa but it's so ridiculous man if there was ever a time for everybody to forget about the red ties, forget about the blue ties, forget about politics, man. This has come down to humanity and keeping everybody safe and healthy. So think about other people other than yourself. Really be cautious going out because it's not the 28-year-old millennial that doesn't think about anybody but him or herself that we're thinking about. It's everybody who's immunely compromised and elderly that, if they get this, have a high likelihood of passing away. And do any of you want to be responsible directly or indirectly for ending somebody's life? I don't think so. I don't think so. 
anyways, what else? What else? What else? You guys hear that Corona beer sales has dropped like 75%? Can you believe that? Just because a beer or a company shares a virus's name, people have stopped drinking Corona. <laughs> I think that's one of the craziest things I've ever heard, man. It's like, instead of dealing with COVID-19 or coronavirus or whatever you want to call it, let's say we were dealing with uh, Ebola and there was an Ebola beer company. Would you just all of a sudden, well, that's a, that, that's a bad example. I don't think any beer company would name themselves after probably the deadliest virus uh, the world's ever seen. But it's just an example. You know, you know what happens if two years from now, uh, there's a Budweiser virus. Is everybody going to stop buying Budweiser? It just seems crazy to me, dude. Um, just because Corona beer shares the same name as the Corona virus, you think by drinking Corona, you're going to get the coronavirus. But people obviously think that because the sales have dropped 75%, whereas other alcohol sales have gone up. So people are obviously not drinking Corona beer just because it shares a name <laughs> with the virus. So that's, that is just insane to me. It's almost as insane as the whole rush on toilet paper. I still don't get why people freaked out on toilet paper. And I still don't get why it can't be back in stock. I really don't. Thankfully, I bought a 12-pack, like I said, a few weeks ago. And because I live alone and I eat very constipating foods, I don't poo that much. So those 12 rolls should probably last me another year. So I'm all set. Um, I've been getting gloves, uh, medical gloves uh, from friends. Thank God for them. Uh, the two masks that I've had to keep reusing very carefully, I got from my neighbor who's a dental hygienist. Thank God for her. Um, I ran out of hand sanitizer about a month ago. I have some on order, order from Amazon. Uh, it should be showing up today. I also ordered a box of 100 gloves off Amazon. It should be showing up today. So, uh, yeah, hopefully by the end of the day today, I'll have, uh, you know, my two masks, which I rotate and keep cleaning. I'll have a box of 100 gloves, um... I have a handful of uh, Clorox wipes left, which I bought before the virus hit. I have a full bottle of disinfectant spray. Um, so yeah, um, once my gloves come in today, um, I'll be set for a while. Just went to the grocery store today, which means I'll be set for the next 10 to 14 days. So yeah, I'm just trying to do what they're telling me, man. I'm staying home, even though I'm losing my mind. And uh, I really don't want to be part of the problem. I know there's a lot of people with cabin fever that just want to just get out. But I mean, patience right now is a virtue. I am under the complete belief that if we rush back into reopening the United States, or any country for that matter, um, we could pay for it in the end. You know, we've been locked down for four to six weeks. You know, would you rather have America reopened two weeks from now? And then when we hit September, it's twice as worse. And then we're locked down for a straight year. Or could you just hang in there another month or two and then have it not come back? You know, patience is a virtue, man. I know 
each one of us is in a vastly different situation. You know, you got one family that can't find supplies. You got another family where either one parent or both parents uh, are completely out of work. They have no money. You have other people that worked their whole life to buy a bar or a restaurant that they can't open and now they're losing it. You got suicide rates going up for people that just can't handle the loneliness or can't handle uh, how much money they're losing or they can't handle, you know, it, it's nuts. You know, it's, it's a domino effect. You can't have one major pandemic like this without having so many other things collapse like the economy and people's livelihoods and domestic disputes from people being trapped in the same house together for so many months and weeks. Um, so yeah, the best advice, the best advice I can give everybody is that, uh, and people have said this to me a million times in my life, you know, whether it's, I have a broken leg or I just lost my best friend to an alligator attack, somebody will always come up to me and say, hey man, somebody's out there who's got it worse. And it's like, is that supposed to make me feel better to know that I am in such turmoil and somebody else has even more turmoil than me? But that is the case in this. I'm suffering through this. And uh, John Smith in Tennessee is suffering from this. We are all suffering together in this one way or another from the biggest movie star to uh you know homeless people and everybody in between we're all suffering some of us more than others you know and that's what i love there was some somebody super famous recently and it might have been ellen degeneres who was taking a walk down her street but it looked nothing like her street i i actually know exactly where she lives i've been on her street and i've seen her house in person um her house is more heavily guarded probably than the White House or Fort Knox. Uh, it's like 100,000 square feet. Butlers, maids, everything gets delivered. Five-star Michelin star chefs cooking for her. And she's like taking a walk down her street like in tears about how horrible her life is. And I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? If I didn't have to worry about money because I was a millionaire, which means I also wouldn't have to worry about a job, that would take so much weight off my shoulders if I didn't have to worry about supplies because I literally had 12 refrigerators and cooks and I had bottles of sanitizer because I was rich and I knew people and I could find that kind of stuff. I could probably even get tested for COVID, whereas around here, unless you have it, you can't be tested. So when I see people that are so privileged with millions of fans and millions of dollars and a 100,000 square foot house with indoor pools and butlers and every supply they could have. And they're like, oh my God, I'm losing my mind. I'm like, dude, you know how many people, regular people like you can't, don't know how they're going to put their next meal on their table because of COVID. And you're going to cry outside of your $50 million house about how tough your life is. Check yourself. I don't, I don't go for that shit. Uh, what else do I have written down here? Um, I have one thing written down that has absolutely nothing to do. Um, and I promise, I promise, uh, next week, if I do a podcast, I wasn't even, I wasn't even going to do one today, but I felt like I had to. Um, I promise next week, uh, the COVID talk will be extremely limited. I just wanted to fill you guys in on what I've been doing the past six weeks because there's been no podcast. So most of this 
podcast is going to be about COVID. This is exactly why I didn't want to do a podcast, but I do promise you the next podcast will have very limited to no COVID talk at all, unless I have some kind of funny experience with something regarding that kind of stuff. But uh, let's see, what else? You know what I've seen a ton of? Um, I really try to avoid negativity and I try to stay positive. Um, I know these are very dark times for all of us. Uh, it's human nature to fear the unknown. And uh, nobody alive today has ever lived through a pandemic like this. So none of us know what to do, when it's going to end. Um, it's very confusing and it's very disheartening. I get that. And as a result of that, I could sit here generally worried and panicked about my own health, my family's health. Uh, you know, what I'm going to do for money when it runs out soon, where's my stimulus check, all that kind of stuff. I could sit here and worry about that, which I do to a certain extent, and have 24-hour news on, constantly reminding me how awful this is, how many deaths there are, talking about the bickering back and forth between Trump and Biden and whatever else. I don't want to hear about it, man. I don't know how many times other people have said this, and I've said it, is I hate the news. I hate it. It's all bad news. A lot of the information is opinion or made up. You don't know who to believe and it's just all tragic. I don't need it. I don't need it. I want to be surrounded by positivity and positive people because I have enough negativity in my life and enough negative people in my life to last me a lifetime. So this is the way I look at it. Anytime you hit a bad day or an epidemic or anything that happens, you can either curl up into a ball in the corner, cry, complain, worry, be anxious, or you can be positive and just roll with the punches. And that's what I'm trying to do with all of my might. Granted, that works sometimes and other times. Like yesterday, I had a really depressive day yesterday. Really bad. One of the probably the worst days I've had yesterday in lockdown. Um, and I'll explain why in a minute. But anyways... So I really try to escape it because like I said, even if you're not on social media or not watching the news, it's impossible to escape anything having to do with COVID because we're all living it. You step outside your door, there's COVID. So you can't escape it even if you don't have the news on and if you don't have social media on. But one of my escapes, at least at first when the lockdown happened, was to watch YouTube or you know movies or TV. Um, and then slowly but surely, it's like every single commercial now on TV in between Family Guy or whatever you're watching is a COVID commercial. So even watching TV, you can't get away from COVID. Um, and what's, what I'm especially um, a little ticked off about, and I'm sure you guys have seen it, is... We are in such a desperate time for so many people. And I see so many commercials out there now not talking about um, you know, how much we appreciate the first responders and frontline workers that are putting in 24-hour shifts at hospitals, risking their own lives for all of us. There are companies spending millions of dollars on commercials just to pretty much pat themselves on the back. Like if I owned a company, let's say I was, uh, let's say I owned a, uh, I was a car company. Let's say I owned Toyota 
And rather than making a commercial for the new Toyota Corolla, I'm going to make a commercial saying, hey, everybody, Toyota's still open and we're doing great. It's, you know, that's what I'm saying. You got so many companies that have commercials on TV right now that are just basically saying, hey, look at us. We're open. Everything's great. Look what we're doing. You know, <laughs> it's almost like they're rubbing it in your face. There's certain companies that, that do commercials that talk about COVID where they talk about, hey, we, you know, but even that, you know, we donated five million. You know, people who really want to help other people, they don't need an audience to know or they don't need people to know that they did something good, you know? Like if I went and donated a thousand dollars if I had it to um the American Red Cross or my local hospital right now or the cancer research center, um it's almost like you know, if Coca-Cola right now uh, went out and donated $4 million to some emergency response fund, they have to put out a commercial saying, hey, everybody, look what we just did. We donated $4 million. Drink Coke. It's like, why do you have to broadcast that? Why do you need a pat on the back because you did something that you probably should have done anyways? You know, like if I were to donate $1,000 right now to the organization of your choice, do I really need to run on the social media and say, hey, everybody, look what I did. I helped somebody and I held the door for somebody, even though I had to wait 10 seconds. People who are good people or good companies, in my opinion, don't need to do that. You know, God sees everything and you know you did it. You know you helped. But why, why are companies out there saying, hey, man, look at us. We donated 10 million and we're still running. Oh, you're not? Oh, sorry. I hope you liked our commercial. Come buy our product if you can find it on the shelf. So, I don't know. I've just been getting irritated lately at uh, just all these COVID commercials that have nothing to do with COVID. They're just these companies saying, hey, we're open. We're not affected. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, do I need to fucking hear that, man? Um, and I'll tell you what I miss. I'll tell you what I miss before this virus hit. And that's pretty much everything. Look at all the things we take for granted. And I guess a good analogy I could put it into is like, uh, you know, I was born in 1978. Obviously, electricity was invented in 1977. So I've had electricity my whole life. But um, have you ever lost electricity for a whole night? And you're just cast back into the Stone Age? Like, you can't heat your house, you can't light your house, you can't turn on the TV, the radio, use your phone, use the internet, uh, charge anything. You're just, you're just thrust back into the Stone Ages. Because we take electricity for granted, because it's just, it just, it just always been there. We take clean running water for granted, because it's, it's always been there. And we took just being able to just hop in your car as I'm dressed right now and just run down the street and have a beer or run down the street and get a steak dinner or run down the street and get myself uh, a couple of groceries I need without having to worry about contracting something that could kill me or my father. You know, that's what I miss. Um, I miss that normalcy. You know, I, gone are the days of just literally being able to grab my car keys, hop in my car, just the way I'm dressed, no mask, no gloves, and just go out. Those days are gone. 
and I don't know if it'll ever come back. I mean, I'm sure movie theaters and, you know, stuff eventually will be reopened, but nobody knows what the new normal post-COVID is going to look like. It's probably going to be a cross between lockdown and a cross between what we had before with more measures in place. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I do hope that the entire world and each of us individually can use this experience and this pandemic both globally and state-wise and individually to better ourselves. I know I've learned a lot about myself and about life from this pandemic and I plan on carrying that forward even once the pandemic is gone. So in case another pandemic happens, um, I'm better prepared. Um, you know, because it's been talked about, I think my whole life, that it wasn't a matter of if a pandemic like this would happen across the world, it was just a matter of when, not if. Just like it's not a matter of if an asteroid will collide with our planet and possibly render us extinct. It's not a matter of if that'll happen, it's a matter of when. It could be a hundred years from now, it could be a million, but it will happen again. So we just don't know. So I'm, I'm hoping that all of us, as a country, as a civilization, as one world, as one species, as one humanity, we can all learn from this at the government level down to the individual level and uh, really learn from this experience. But yeah, I miss that normalcy. I don't know if that normalcy will ever come back. I really miss doing stand-up. Stand-up was my way to make myself feel better by getting stuff off of my chest and by making people laugh. Not only was getting stuff off of my chest really good for me, like I was talking to a psychiatrist or psychologist, but um, making people laugh not only made made me feel good and uh, being unable to do that on a nightly basis uh, has sucked. And it's not just me, a relatively new comic who's still at the open mic level that's suffering. It's right up to the top. Chappelle, Burr, Segura, Vaughn, you know, all of them. Everyone is stuck home, unable to do stand-up. Um, I've heard that some clubs are starting to try out some virtual stand-up using this new Zoom and, uh, you know, interactive technology but it's not the same man it you know it truly isn't i mean i'm sure most of you have watched either you know uh, jimmy kimmel um any of the late night guys do their do their opening monologues and a lot of those monologues when they do them in front of a studio audience because the studio audience is supposed to laugh or does laugh um it makes the monologue a lot funnier but i was watching um it wasn't Kimmel this morning. It was the other Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. I was watching Jimmy Fallon's monologue from his, you know, home tonight show. And uh, because he's not doing it in front of an audience, um, I think the monologues have been terrible. And I think it's, I don't know if it's just the monologues or, I don't necessarily think they're bad jokes that the late night guys are doing. It's just the jokes really fall flat because they're not doing them in front of a live studio audience. So you in laughter is contagious. So you hear other people laughing and then you kind of thought it was funny. So the other people's laughter makes you laugh. But he's telling jokes on camera in front of nobody, just like I am right now. And uh, yeah, the jokes really, really have been falling flat at, on these home editions of these Tonight Shows just because there's no audience. That's been crazy. 
And I guess lastly, what I miss the most besides normalcy and being able to do stand-up comedy is just how easy it used to be. I talked about it before. When I went to prepare to go to the grocery store today, it was literally like planning an expedition to climb Everest. It wasn't just making a grocery list, grabbing my wallet and keys and heading out the door. Um, you know, I wear specific clothes out when I go. It, there's just a lot of planning, you know. Um, it's so much different. Um, my neighbor gave birth to a new baby boy congratulations if you're watching this right around the time the virus hit even before the lockdown and she hasn't been out since the baby was born she went out uh, i want to say three or four days ago for the first time even before the lockdown hit and went to walmart and she saw with her own eyes this new normal we're living in and how complex it is and how dangerous it is and how crazy it is just to walk into a store now and once she experienced that a few days ago for the first time she's like i am never going back out until this is done she won't do it she was absolutely appalled and uh, i even tell people like my father who we don't let out because of his risk of getting this i keep telling him every week i go out or every 10 days that i go out to do you know supplies or groceries it does get worse it looks more apocalyptic and uh, supplies are not coming back in the stock. Like I said, uh, there hasn't been sanitizer or any kind of cleaning product here since this happened. It has never come back in stock anywhere in Western Massachusetts. Uh, toilet paper is extremely sporadic. Um, every now and then you go into a store, you might see one or two packs, but for the most part, the entire cleaner and paper aisle is just bare. No matter what state, no matter what store, doesn't matter. And um, but those cleaning products and the wipes and the sanitizer, those those I guess are pretty self-explanatory and obvious. Uh, but the toilet paper still being hard to find is boggling my mind, and soap disappearing is boggling my mind. I would think that people, if they couldn't find sanitizer at first, they would have bought up all the soap, but they didn't. Literally the first like three or four weeks of lockdown, I had no problem finding body wash, hand soap, um, you know, the pump soap or the bar soap. And now I can't find any of that shit. So, um, yeah, you know, when I run out of soap, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll have to go back on Amazon. But it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, two months ago, if you needed a bottle of soap, you could just hop into your car, drive to a CVS be out of there in two seconds done if i was to plan a trip right now to my local cvs or walmart it would literally be like a two-hour excursion and uh you could come home with a deadly virus on your feet so <laughs> it's nuts it's nuts so i definitely miss that normalcy that we used to have i miss stand-up comedy and uh, i just miss how easy it used to be uh but that's about all i got man I am sitting at home all day long, losing my mind, just like you guys, trying to keep myself busy with as many movies and YouTube and, uh, like I said, writing a lot of music, trying to keep in touch with friends and family, uh, doing a lot of sleeping, uh, a lot of worrying, a lot of pacing back and forth. Uh, I try to go outside as much as I can now that it's getting to be late April and the weather's getting warmer. Um, oh, you know let's let's end this 
Let's end this podcast with something absolutely non-COVID related that I did have to comment on. Um, I'm a Patriots fan. I was born and raised just outside of Boston. Hardcore, hardcore Boston fan. All Boston sports. And, you know, the last 18, 17 years, we've had Tom Brady leading us to many victories. And, uh, you know, now that Brady's down in Tampa and uh, Gronkowski just went to Tampa, um, you know, the Red Sox were caught cheating in the World Series two years ago. They had to fire Alex Cora, um, you know, sports being shut down. I'm a huge sports nut. I was so looking forward to the NHL playoffs, uh, college basketball playoffs in March Madness, the beginning of baseball, uh, the hockey playoffs, the NBA playoffs. Uh, So me losing all those sports is just like, holy shit. Um, and And it, you know what? I love Gronk. I'll always love Gronk. I'll always love Brady. Um, and I'll always like the Patriots, but, um, you know, I'm going to support Brady and Gronk wherever they go. I've never had a problem with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, I like Bruce Arians as a coach. Um, you know, that team to me is just crazy to have Brady under center and then to have Rob Gronkowski who made the NFL all 100 team and they have Cameron Brate and OJ Howard as tight ends with Brady throwing to them. Not to mention they have Mike Williams, Goodwin. Just Brashad Perryman, super fast guy. I mean, Brady has every offensive weapon he can imagine. Uh, Their defense went from like 30th to 5th last year, so their defense is decent. I think the only thing they have to add is maybe a speedy back, either out of the draft, um, a three-down back that can catch... You know, because I hate when NFL teams, like the Patriots did this every year. And it's in, if there's one question I would love to ask Bill Belichick or any NFL team, I would love to ask this question. Um, And the Patriots are one of these teams that do it. The last couple of years, we've obviously had uh, Rex Burkhead, Sonny Michelle, James White. You know, those have been our three main backs. I think... The first year, which was two years ago, that we had Sony Michelle, I believe he had one pass attempt from Brady out of the backfield. In last year, I want to say he might have caught four or five out of ten attempts out of the backfield. So this is what made the Patriots and other teams so predictable. You knew if Sony Michelle was in the game, there was a 99.9% chance it was going to be a run play. Because they never passed to him. And if you knew, and you knew if James White was in the game, there was a high probability it was going to be a pass play. Because they never really ran the ball with White, and they never passed it to Michelle, which I don't get. When you have a true three-down back like Todd Gurley, Christian McCaffrey, Le'Veon Bell, it's so much more deceptive because you can't tell whether it's going to be play action whether it's going to be a run or it's going to be a, a pass out in the flat or a check down. But when you got the Patriots that put in, okay, this is our back that runs the ball. Up, oh, he's in there. Looks like they're going to run. Yep, they ran. Up, oh, now they're now their catching back is in the game. I guess they're going to pass. Oh, yep, they passed. I never got it. 
It was so obvious based on the personnel the Patriots offense put in what they were going to do. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I am all in on Tampa. All in on Tampa. Love Gronk, love Brady, love Evans, Goodwin, Arians. You know, um, I'm probably going to root and watch more Tampa this year than I am the Patriots. Um, the Patriots are probably going to suck this year, and it's going to be rough. And uh, the Red Sox are probably going to suck this year. That's going to be rough. I'm going to have to wear this Boston hat in shame. But um, so, yeah, anyways, um, I'm actually really happy uh, for Tampa. I'm really happy for Tampa. Tampa is doing all the right things, and uh, their Super Bowl odds have increased from like 50 to 1 to like 8 to 1 now or 10 to 1. It's crazy. But I think they're going to be sick. I just think they need to add, they need to make sure their offensive line can hold up because Brady is not a great runner or scrambler. Um, he gets rid of the ball very quickly. Uh, so they need to make sure their offensive line is tip, tip, top for Brady. Um, and they need to make sure that, uh, you know, it's, I don't know, the last several years, um, even though Tampa has uh, a handful of different running backs, none of which I can think of off the top of my head, even though I know football better than any other sport well, besides baseball. Uh, but yeah, Tampa needs to address their line, uh, offensive line, make sure it's strong enough to give Brady enough time in the pocket because he can't run. He looks like an ostrich. And then, uh, yeah, they just need to make sure that they have a really good, versatile back. And I really hope that whichever back that Tampa does use, they make a three-down back. So you can't tell whether it's going to be play action, run, or pass based on the uh, personnel in the game, unlike the Patriots do, which drives me nuts. So anyways, that's what I've been up to. Um, I'm going to really try to do a podcast uh, each week from here on out. It is going to be done through video. Hopefully the audio turns out okay. Not going through my microphone system, but just the regular uh, Apple, you know, whatever you call them. But that's all I have for today. Um, in case you didn't know, which most of you probably didn't, uh, yesterday, April 22nd, was my birthday. And uh, it was hard. It was hard for me. Uh, birthdays growing up in my family, in my house, were always very special. And not being able to celebrate my birthday with any friends or family um, was difficult. I was completely alone all day, left to my thoughts, and I felt sorry for myself, which I know I shouldn't. And it was also the first birthday that I've had in 42 years where my mom wasn't around. And um, I tell you what, if you were close with both of your parents or your father or your mother, like really close, there's going to be a day that you might need to bury them. It was my biggest fear since I was a little boy. And now that I've had to bury one parent, my mother, who I was closer to than anyone else on this planet, who was as close to a real angel as anyone else on this planet. She's been dead four or five months now. December 3rd, 2019, we buried her. No, she passed away December 3rd. We buried her on December 9th. Um, there isn't a second that goes by that I don't think about her. And I don't even think that I have begun to mourn yet, despite all the crying I've done in the weeks leading up or the months leading up to her passing. I don't even think I've, be I've begun to comprehend it. It's just so gnarly and so just unreal that, that I can't bring myself to even comprehend that it's real, even though 
I saw it with my own eyes. Um, I thought I had been through some tough, tough shit in my life, psychologically, emotionally. Nope. Until you've had to bury your child or a parent or anyone that you were closer to than on the face of the earth, you don't know what I'm talking about. And I wouldn't wish this upon my worst enemy. My life will never be the same. There is a chunk of my heart that's missing that will never come back. And this is one of the reasons why I didn't want to do this podcast the last five or six months. I feel like I have an obligation to any of you out there who enjoy me to be interesting, bring up funny topics, and to be positive. And uh, there's just been so much negativity because of the COVID stuff and uh, family issues that um, I just I didn't feel like I could bring you a good, funny product and I wasn't really um, in the mood to do it. But uh, today I'm feeling decent. Got my grocery shopping done. Got my head shaved. Took a nice shower. So I'm going to start getting back into it. Doing this podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. And I promise next time out, um, there'll be very little to no uh, political talk or money talk or virus talk. You guys don't want to hear about that kind of shit. I'm sure you hear it enough. So next week, I promise I'll be back and it will be nothing but just uh, funny stories and cool stuff to listen to. All right. Um, I really hope that you're keeping your sanity wherever you are. I truly appreciate you watching this video. Uh, and being a part of this podcast, and I wish you nothing but the best. And um, as God is my witness, people, this is the kind of person I am. If you need something, literally anything, whether it be advice, money, a favor, because I live in western Massachusetts, maybe there's something in Massachusetts that you would like, but you live in Florida, you live in Russia, I don't know. Hit me up on social media. You'll find I'm one of the most down-to-earth, coolest people uh, on the planet. And, um, you know, I really try not to be too into myself or self-centered. But if there's one thing I will definitely be cocky about is the fact that I'm a good human being. And I generally care and think about other people more than I do myself. So if there's anything I can do for you or your family, whether it involves money or not, hit me up. And if I can help you, I'll help you. That's how much I care. It really, really enhances my life to know that I'm helping people. I get a great satisfaction out of helping other human beings. And um, I wish everybody felt that way. Because if everybody felt that way, I think we live in a much better world. But um, peace to all you guys out there. One love. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much. Later. Later.